Coming up next, focus on medical education, part of this month's featured series on ReachMD XM157. Visualizing the Beating Heart, the Visible Heart Laboratory at the University of Minnesota. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment on medical education on the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Sorrentino from the University of Chicago Hospitals, and with me today is Dr. Paul Izio. Dr. Izio is a professor in the Departments of Anesthesia and Physiology and the Department of Surgery, and he is the Medtronic Professor in Visible Heart Research and the Principal Investigator in the Visible Heart Laboratory at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Dr. Izio, welcome to the program today. Well, thanks for the invite. So let's start first by just asking a general question. What is the Visible Heart Laboratory at the University of Minnesota? Well, it's a research laboratory that was initiated through a collaboration with Medtronic about 11 years ago now, where it started out where we wanted to reanimate large mammalian hearts, uh, various animal models for cardiac diseases, so we could investigate devices. And we um, began trying to do this with a clear perfusate, which is a modified Krebs-Henslate buffer, which basically means that we provide the right nutrients and as much oxygen as we can, and we get these hearts to be viable outside the body, hooked up to an apparatus, more or less a double bypass system. And therefore, we can have them beat outside the body with a native sinus rhythm, and they can work in several different modes. One of the modes is the classic Langendorf mode, which Oscar Langendorf first described back in the 1890s, and he was a German physiologist in Rostock, Germany. And so this is nothing dramatically new that's being done. However, we're doing this with the clear perfusate, and then we have the benefits of wonderful imaging technology of fibroscopes and endoscopes and fluoroscopy and echocardiography, where now we can apply all those to you know, these beating hearts. And so the unique thing that we do is that we can actually put these endoscopes and cameras inside the heart and then visualize all this functional anatomy of these reanimated hearts. And in collaboration with Medtronic, we've been able to then visualize devices and the device tissue interface and their interactions with the hearts. So this clearly has a major research component to it, to do research studies both with industry and with the university. But tell me a little bit about how this also will help with medical education, both with students and postdocs. Right. That's a great question. We've also had the unique opportunity in the last eight years or so to work with LifeSource, which is a local organ procurement agency here in the Midwest. And we've been able to get human hearts from organ donors where the heart wasn't deemed viable for transplant, cardioplegia those hearts, recover them, bring them back to the university, and then reanimate them. And so we've been able to get human hearts functional with this clear perfusate. The ranges from normal hearts, we've been able to get several of those, to hearts with various pathologies. And then we can visualize this functional anatomy and, and therefore see valves working as they should and the wall motions that you would normally see you could see, you know, changes in dimensions during diastole and systole and then have a totally different perspective of that. And we've created this whole free access website, which is called the Atlas of Human Cardiac Anatomy, where we have several thousand pictures and movie clips on there 
that we've made all free access, and that's because basically we get these hearts donated to us from the donors and their families. And with these gifts, we really feel that we have to make a philanthropic contribution back to education. So we've made this all accessible to everybody. With this Atlas of Human Cardiac Anatomy, what are type of images that I could look at on the web, for example? Well, we've created a whole library of links. If you go onto the website, basically you can look at a selected chamber within the heart, the right atrium, right ventricle, pulmonary trunk, left atrium, left ventricle, aorta. And then once you're into those individual links, for example, if I went to the right ventricle, I could look at the apex, inflow tract, papillary muscles, or the tricuspid valve. You'll click into there, and then there's pull-down menus where you would then have a library of all the movie clips that we have for a given area of the heart. And then we show stationary images where afterwards we've perfusion fixed these hearts and also have been able to obtain other hearts from our bequest program here at the university, which are basically hearts from fresh cadavers that will then fix and they'll hold this end diastolic shape and then put cameras inside and look at the static anatomy. And then the last thing that we've done is done classic anatomic plates where we've either done external views or transected various planes, anatomical planes, and, and then labeled all these images. So you could go in there and say you want to see the tricuspid valve. You could see the tricuspid valve from 10 to 15 different human hearts. And then we also have a little heart history library on there where you go in, the um, movie clips are labeled with a number, and then we give you as much information as we know uh, that we could get on each individual heart that we obtained. Now, imaging, of course, is a very important component of cardiology. Echocardiography, for example, is one of the main imaging techniques that we use. Do you have uh, live picture correlates of human anatomy that correlate with the images we get with uh, echo, for example? Oh, that's a great question, and many people ask that. So we've actually gone ahead and put on there an echocardiography tutorial where we describe the different methodologies, and we've begun then to put in images from these same hearts when we do have them simultaneously. So in the future, we'll be adding more of these. We have a small number now, but you'll be able to look at the tricuspid valve, for example, live view, maybe above and below, and then a echo view. And with that in mind, we also looked at MR imaging, and we actually have a tutorial on that. And in fact, we've taken a lot of these fixed specimens and scanned them in the magnet and one of the tasks this summer is uh, we have several medical students that will be helping label all these collected images, and we'll do long and short-axis views, uh, MR views of these same hearts that we've provided the functional and stationary images of. Well, that sounds like a great resource because I know when I first started learning echocardiography and teaching echocardiography, a two-dimensional picture doesn't quite look like what's inside the heart, and just knowing how the three-dimensional aspects of everything fits together is so important. Uh, I was able to pull up pictures of the uh, mitral valve a little bit earlier today, and there's gorgeous pictures that are shown on there. I presume this is because you're using this clear perfusate that you're able to get such good pictures inside the heart? Correct. And then we can set these hearts up. We can get them in a fully functional mode, which we call a four-chamber working mode. So basically, they're maintaining cardiac outputs of three to five liters per minute. They'll still respond to catecholamines and calcium boluses, so we can get that cardiac output even higher. So there is actually a flow through each of those valves. 
And the more we do this, the better we get. We get more cameras, and we're getting better at our kind of like our Hollywood shots. So we do a lot of lately some transapical shots, and we can look at these whole like the mitral and aortic valve working in concert. And I still have fun looking at these every week when I'm doing them. If you are just joining us, you are listening to a special segment on medical education on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Matt Sorrentino, and I'm speaking to Dr. Paul Izio, who is the principal investigator of the Visible Heart Laboratory at the University of Minnesota. Are you using some of these images in courses that you teach? Are they uh, useful for students to help learn about cardiac anatomy? Sure, we've used these in a number of different teaching opportunities here at the U. We'll use them for our first-year medical students that are taking gross anatomy while they're going through the module on the heart. We make sure that they are aware of these websites. Um, we also all give lectures to them. One of the things that we'll do is we'll actually have a whole lecture demo where we'll have an individual come and do a whole live echocardiograph, and then afterwards I'll go through all the functional anatomy of the heart. We've also used these for, um, I teach a whole week-long class here at the U. It's an advanced cardiac anatomy and physiology course geared to people in industry, and a lot of our biomedical engineering graduate students will take it. And it's a week-long course where we'll go through anatomy of the heart. I'll go through a whole lecture on the functional anatomy, again, complementing our lectures on anatomy with these images, and these individuals will actually get to do their own dissection of cadavers. Do you find that having a visual aspect to medical education enhances learning for students? Well, students of the 21st century are really geared to visual things with the web and everything else. So they, I think, are used to seeing this. They're almost getting to the point where they expect these kind of things to help them put things in perspective. So I think for us, it's been a wonderful opportunity to give something back to education is to create this website. Have you been surprised at some of the things you've seen when you've been able to visualize inside the heart? Has your concept of anatomy of the heart changed dramatically by uh, doing this type of work? That's a great question, and I think you're right on. And every week we kind of see something new or learn something new. One of the things, for example, is the Thebesian valve, which is a valve that is a remnant valve that can cover the ostium of the coronary sinus. And sometimes these valves can be so large in an uh, individual heart that they'll cover to 70% or more of the ostium. And it's moving. It's a dynamic valve, and it's moving throughout the cardiac cycle. And once you start seeing that, you realize, well, that's why some of the cardiologists will have difficulty cannulating that coronary sinus in given individuals because they can't visualize the movement of this valve and how large they can be covering that ostia. So that's just one example, but there's many, many that we see routinely. And then, of course, our ability to put uh, devices inside the heart, then we can see how a lead passing through the tricuspid valve, you know, that will interact with the leaflets. And so it's really uh, insightful that way. I noticed on your website that you mentioned the Medtronic Mobile Educational Unit. What is that and how does that tie into the Visible Heart Laboratory? Well, that unit, basically, they've been bringing to their major conventions throughout the country in the last few years. And this is a simulator unit where they can simulate lead implantation. And the way we complement that is that we also have a, another website called visibleheart.com that we've collaborated with Medtronic on where we actually show a lot of these devices being implanted in the hearts and have another access point for people to look at educational images. 
And in the last uh, year or so, Medtronic has philanthropically sponsored my laboratory to attend meetings and do educational presentations on cardiac anatomy, where we have actually been able to bring specimens to these exhibits and also display the Atlas and Visible Heart websites and try to get the word out there on them. Well, I want to thank Dr. Izio for being our guest. We have been discussing the Visible Heart Laboratory at the University of Minnesota, which is a unique laboratory for heart research and heart education. I am Dr. Matt Sorrentino, and you have been listening to a special segment on medical education on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at reachmd.com, register with the promo code RADIO, and receive six months free streaming for your home or your office. And thank you for listening. Tune in each hour for the ReachMD feature series, Focus on Medical Education. We thank you for listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical calls.